I spent hours losing time trying to plan that trip. And so I was complaining about it to all my friends and everybody had a very similar story that we all felt that the online resources that we normally use to plan travel just aren't set up in a way to make it easy for parents to plan travel to hotels that really have those types of arrangements for kids. And it kind of snowballed from there. Hi, my name is Kara Myers and welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Each week, I chat with women who have built incredible businesses in the travel and tourism industry. You'll hear their inspirational stories of success. We went from 2,000 a month to about 70, 72,000 a month um, in that span of, of nine years. And struggle. I wish that I could tell you that I pivoted really quickly and like jumped back on my feet and I did it. And what they learned along the way. Give yourself the grace of knowing that it's not going to happen overnight and you're going to make a ton of mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and move forward, that's okay. So grab a coffee, hit subscribe, and get ready to learn and feel inspired. Hello, hello. My name is Kara and welcome back to the Travel Business Lounge, the place where we celebrate and learn from female entrepreneurs in the travel industry. I've spoken to a lot of women who are at various stages of their business, but today's episode is unique in that it's the first time I'm speaking to someone who literally launched their business the day before we recorded this episode. Now, you might hear that and think, what are you doing interviewing someone who is at such an early stage of their business? What knowledge can they possibly share when they're only one day into officially running it? And all I have to say to that is, please give this episode a chance, because honestly, I think it is one of my favorites to date. Lee Friedman of Mango Tree Travel walks us through her experience launching a brand new business. And she is so clever and so intentional with every step that she takes leading up to this launch that I think our conversation provides a great roadmap for anyone else who is interested in learning how to launch a business the right way. She's not someone who just slapped together a website and put it online and said that her business was now live. Lee was incredibly strategic and really treated this new business of hers like it was real and had potential, even when it was just an idea in her head. In this episode, she really takes us step-by-step through this launch process. She shares first how she came up with the idea for her business and the initial steps that she took. And by the way, we will get, of course, into the details of what her business is exactly, because that in itself is very unique. It's not a travel blog. It's not a travel planning service. It's not quite an OTA but it falls somewhere in between. So that was fascinating to learn about. Uh, Lee also shares what she chose to spend money on because of course resources are limited in those early days, especially for the majority of us who aren't getting any kind of external funding or help. We also talk about how she developed a very clear brand identity and clear messaging from the very start. 
And you'll hear it. I say it about 15 times throughout the interview, but I absolutely love her website and branding. So I really enjoyed our conversation about that. And also, perhaps most impressively, Lee shares how she managed to build an audience and a mailing list before she even launched her website. Just keep in mind that her business officially launched the day before we recorded this episode, and she already had a decent-sized mailing list at that time. And no, she's not an influencer. She's not someone starting a business with a big social media following. She's a busy mom and a full-time lawyer, so it's just super impressive and inspiring to hear how she managed to do this. As always, if you liked this episode or any previous episodes, please consider leaving a five-star review or sharing this podcast with your friends. It really means the world to me, but I won't delay the start of this episode any longer. Like I said, it is one of my absolute favorites to date, so I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. So without further ado, here is Lee Friedman of Mango Tree Travel. All right. Hello, Lee. Welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. And as I was saying, just off the recording, it's a super exciting day, a little bit of a crazy day, because yesterday you just launched your brand new travel planning business. I'm on your newsletter sign up, so I was super excited to see that, though I did think it was crazy that we're doing the interview today. (laughs) I'm excited to celebrate. I was really looking forward to getting the word out, and so scheduling this interview with you seemed like a great way for me to take a step back for a second and just reflect on the fact that I accomplished this and and sort of talk about it in a more relaxed setting. So I feel good <laughs> about it today. Well, you should be super proud. And I mean, I'm absolutely fascinated about your your launch plan and you know just how you're feeling at the moment. I can't wait to get into all of that. But before we do that, let's just hear a little bit about you personally, where you're from, you know, how you got into travel and why you decided you wanted to go down this route. Sure. I am a lawyer by day. So this is a complete pivot for me um, to do something more creative and uh, more entrepreneurial. But I've always loved travel. And for years, I think I've sort of been an informal travel coach or advisor or helper, (laughs) whatever word you want to use to friends and colleagues who are sort of constantly asking me where I'm going next and what do I recommend. But I think it really became clear to me in the last few years with kids how important travel is to me, not just as a a leisure activity, but for us, really a family experience. I think we all as parents really struggle with the daily grind of having small children and don't always feel like we're being the best versions of ourselves as parents. And for me, for some reason, I think the best version of myself comes out as a traveler. And so the best version of me as a parent comes out as a traveler. And once I started to think more about that, and then I could tell you more about like the actual need I saw to create this business. But that feeling of connecting with my family through travel, I think is really what pushed me to try something, something new. And I only sort of answered your question uh, (laughs) in terms of like where I'm from and and how I got here. But, uh, but I grew up, I grew up in Ottawa um, in Canada And now I live in Washington, D.C. with my husband and my two small kids who I love to travel with. 
That's beautiful. And I love that you say that it brings out the best version of yourself because I'm not a parent myself, but I have a lot of friends who have kids and especially traveling with young kids seems stressful sometimes. Like it's a lot different than just traveling on your own. So it's really interesting that you say that you've managed to harness it in such a positive way. Yeah. It's, it still surprises me that I feel that way sometimes, but, <laughs> but I, but I really do. And, and maybe it's because those of us who travel a lot, you, you come to expect the unexpected when you travel frequently. And part of the fun when you're traveling without kids is rolling with it as you come across new experiences. And I'm sure you've experienced some of the best travel moments are when things don't go as planned and you get to experience something new. That doesn't happen as easily with kids. And yet for some reason, I find that I'm a little less thrown by the unexpected when I'm on the road with my kids than when something goes totally awry during my normal day. Uh, so something might completely throw me off schedule. Like today, for example, 15 minutes ago, I got a phone call that my daughter wanted to be picked up from camp. And I said, well, I have this interview. And you know, th that kind of thing can really derail your day. And yet for some reason, when I'm traveling with my kids, I roll with those punches much more easily. And I wonder if other parents feel the same way. That's really interesting. Uh, now I'm, I'm fascinated to hear how you decided to, or why you decided to make the jump from just planning trips for your family to planning trips for other families, because it's a big difference. When did yeah. that kind of, when did that idea start to blossom? I remember exactly where we were. Uh, I was at a friend's housewarming party. Um, we were sitting around a kitchen table. Five or six of us had been trying to plan our uh, winter break trips with our kids. And we were having a lot of trouble. And it was one of the first big trips, maybe the second, that I tried to plan with two kids instead of one, since in the pandemic, we were doing obviously less traveling. And Every time I tried to search for a hotel that would fit my family of four, I would put in two adults, two kids. The website would ask for the ages of my kids. I would spend another 30 seconds putting that in. And then the results I got would be a room with two double beds that doesn't really fit my kids because I have one baby in a crib and a five-year-old who I don't really want to share a room with. And it would take me almost a minute, which doesn't seem like a long time, but is when you're looking at dozens of hotels to try to see, well, does this hotel have suites or does this hotel have even like a big closet I can put the crib in? And I spent hours losing time trying to plan that trip. And so I was complaining about it to all my friends <laughs> and everybody had a very similar story that we all felt that the online resources that we normally use to plan travel just aren't set up in a way to make it easy for parents to plan travel to hotels that really have those types of arrangements for kids. And it kind of snowballed from there. That's incredible. So, it, so you said that was during the pandemic when that idea first came to light and it's been slowly building since then. That was actually, that was about nine months ago. So September. Um, and I, it came at a very fortunate time for me that I was sort of slow in my day job and I had a little bit of extra time on my hands, which rarely happens in my day job. <laughs> and I, I think 
sometimes I sort of say what I did. I made the mistake of telling people I wanted to do it, which sometimes, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever experienced this. It's like, once you start telling people you're going to do something, you suddenly have this bigger level of accountability <laughs> to actually follow yes. through and do it. So I told my husband I wanted to do it. And the next day I was on the phone with a travel agent trying to understand why why websites might be designed this way and how hotels access inventory. And I just sort of ran with it. And I can't say really why other than the time at this moment, I decided to actually do something about it, but I did. And I sort of, I frankly haven't really stopped since then. (laughs) I just kind of keep going. I love that. I love people who are doers, who are action takers, who, you know, make a move and, you know, because I'm someone I don't know. I I think I'm more towards the side of overthinking, you know, trying to be a bit of a perfectionist. And I just get so frustrated with myself because I you you end up in this limbo for some so long sometimes. But it's so important to just take action and learn along the way. And I'm getting a lot better at that. Uh, Good for you. It's, taken, it's it's taken time. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's taken me a lot of time also. And even when it comes to little things as you've experienced, I'm sure, trying to learn this world of social media and online businesses and how we connect with people these days. I can't tell you the amount of time I've spent overthinking an Instagram reel that then gets five likes. And I think about the hour I spent on that thing and wonder why. But as you're figuring it out, you know, it just, these things take so much time and people keep telling me, just do it. Don't worry so much about it being perfect. Just do it. I I fight against that a little bit too. So I've had to really um, learn how to let go on, on some of this stuff. It's hard. It is hard. And I think social media, that's a good example because it that's where you're so vulnerable. You're really putting yourself out there. So you want to try and do it perfectly. But it's that's never going to happen. You're never going to achieve perfection, and and especially you're not going to achieve it if you're you've never done it before. Right, so right. it's all about doing it again and again and again before you you get some to get the experience to to be a bit better. Yeah, and I, I think it's hard not to think. Well, okay, I'm trying to launch this company, and I want it to have a very specific brand and a very specific identity. So I don't want my social media to conflict with that but I want to be personable. And there's all of these sort of conflicting and competing interests. And there's no way to really get that balance right without trying it out and seeing what works and seeing what people respond well to. Oh my goodness. Yes. I've had that inner battle <laughs> so many times. And speaking of branding, I love your branding and I want to Thank talk you. more about it in a little bit. <laughs> your website is gorgeous, the fonts, everything. I'm just obsessed with it actually. But before we go into that, why don't you say what you do with Mango Tree Travel? Because it's not just family travel planning. Just describe the business a bit more. Yeah. The um, the real thing that I wanted to set out to achieve with Mango Tree, and it's evolved obviously a little bit since that first conversation was to give parents a place where they could go and easily plan a vacation and not have to spend hours and hours as I was doing trying to find a hotel with the right rooms. So I'd say the core of the platform is less me doing travel planning for other parents and me giving them the tools to find hotels better themselves. So we're starting with the Caribbean and trying to find a collection of unique family-friendly hotels 
that welcome kids, but that also give parents a something that they can be excited about too. Uh, and that was sort of another goal that came out in that initial conversation was, you know, just because I'm a parent doesn't mean I want to go to the Nickelodeon resort or to Disney. And those types of hotels have their time in place. But in addition to finding the right rooms, why can't we more easily find sort of hotels that we like as parents that also welcome our kids? So when parents go to Mango Tree, they will be able to use search filters that are designed for parents. Things like one bedroom suite, two bedroom suite, kids club, babysitting, the different amenities that parents might need to have a great vacation with their kids. And the collection of hotels on there are hotels that are just great hotels, but also great hotels for families. And so the reviews of each hotel explain sort of what makes this hotel unique, what makes it a great hotel for a family, and why that you can confidently book this hotel with your kids and know you'll have a great vacation. And then on top of that, we offer booking services. So I have partnered with a travel agent who gets great perks at a lot of hotels and I'm working with the hotels that I recommend to make sure our guests have a great stay. And then finally, I offer additional travel planning services. So if people really do want more advice on which island to go to, what to do when we get there, what beaches to go to, things of that nature, we offer that too. So there's a, there are a lot of different things on there, depending on how much help parents want, whether it's sort of a self-guided uh, planning experience, just to be able to get that information or more hands-on. Interesting. I'm on your find a hotel page now, and those are some very nice looking hotels. There's some beautiful <laughs> hotels on there. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not the Disney kind no. of vacation that you see a lot of family travel planning agencies offer, which like you said, there's a time and a place for it. Totally. But yeah, those are the not the typical, but very attractive and yeah, very good looking. So you offer the find a hotel service. So do you just get a affiliate commission if people book through that link on your website? Or how does that work? Uh, yeah, and they can't book right now through the link on the website, the link will take you to a, a form just to email us. And at that point, we are acting more as a traditional travel agent, we'll reach out to the hotel, get dates and availability, book directly for you. The If you are booking through us, you don't get charged at all. Some hotels pay us a commission for a booking. Uh, some don't. Frankly, some of the smaller Caribbean hotels that I want to work with and that I want to recommend to parents don't really work with travel agents. Um, and in that circumstance, we don't, we don't make money off of those transactions, but that's okay. I think that overall, some of it comes from sort of these affiliate commissions and, and some of it is just making sure parents have great vacations. Right. And you said that you've partnered with a travel agency. So is yes. this like a larger agency that you're now a member of? or it's a, it's a smaller travel agency who focuses on luxury travel, who will do our bookings for us to make sure that our clients get the perks that he would get his, his clients who are doing um, luxury travel as well. Right. So did you personally have to get any kind of certification or you just partnered with this agency? I did not have to get it. I just I'm up. I've partnered with him. Interesting. I haven't heard yeah. of anyone doing that, but that's a really great way to, yeah, to, to utilize that service. I mean, he has his whole team that knows the ins and outs of hotel booking. And again, like the being able to offer clients the availability to get perks through, you know, travel agents, repeat business. And so it's nice to have that resource and that partnership to be able to do that. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And and like I said, I'm obsessed with your branding, <laughs> obsessed with your website. You know, you must have 
paid someone to do this. <laughs> yeah. and was, so how did you decide, you know, what to spend money on at the start? Because I think that's always one of the toughest things is you don't want to overinvest in too many things. A lot of people say, you know, you should be as lean as possible, but others also say you want to appear professional. So you should invest in the right places. How did you find the right balance and know where to spend? I talked to a lot of people and I was very fortunate to have a few very good friends who work in these spaces or at least adjacent spaces who gave me great advice. I would say the first month that I was thinking about this idea, all I did was run the idea by people and constantly set up calls to see what people thought and what their pieces of advice were. And I actually started to go down the wrong path, I will say. I started on by doing sort of a cheap, logo competition where um, designers can bid by giving you their logo and thought I would do it myself. And then I got a great piece of advice from a friend who runs a lovely and beautifully designed travel company, which you should check out, by the way, it's called Wild Terrains. And she does female solo travel all around the world and runs group trips. Uh, And she has a beautiful website. And when I spoke with the founder of Wild Terrains, who's a close friend of mine, she said the one piece of advice that she had was not to do the branding myself. And she's someone who came from a branding background. And so she said, even for her company, she thought about doing it herself. And you spend so much time second guessing, you know, the fonts and the colors and the image and the real feeling you're trying to evoke through your brand. And so, and she recommended Maddie Tigreen of Green Tie Studios, uh, who did my branding. And so I went from there and that was for sure the best decision I've made in this whole process. That's great. Yeah. I interviewed Brianna Glenn of Milk and Honey and she does luxury travel planning. And I just remember her saying when I was asking about, you know, how did you invest in your business at the start? And her big one was website and branding because she said she didn't want it to look like a hobby. And I think that's a really, really good point, because sometimes it can look a bit self-made, and it it does affect your image or perhaps people's confidence in your ability or professionalism, I guess I should say. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. But yours is, is clearly very, very professionally done. And so did you talk to them through like what you, what kind of mood you wanted to evoke or how, what was that branding conversation like? Yeah, she, it was, it was in, intense and wonderful. <laughs> there was, we did a whole questionnaire uh, that really, you know, it went back to overall strategy too, of figuring out, you know, your avatar, your ideal client, who you're trying to reach, the mission of your company what you're trying to accomplish. And so we went through a whole process of identifying um, the goals of the company, where I wanted to be in one to 10 years, what we're really trying to do. And once we got through that, only once we sort of landed on that cohesive idea of what we were trying to accomplish, did they then turn to the imagery and the actual logos and brand that then they were able to tie back to sort of what we were trying to do. I thought one of the neatest parts of that process was I was given just lists of words and told to highlight the different words that, you know, you wanted your brand to evoke or that you felt you wanted people to feel when they went to your website or saw your brand. And going through that exercise, I thought, I think was very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very cohesive. You get a particular feeling when you're looking at it. I love it. Was there anything else that you spent money on 
I mean, you are at the start, so you've just launched yeah. yesterday officially, but anywhere else you, you spent? There are two, th- two other things besides the actual website and Green Tie Studio. They, she, Maddie and her team, they did the branding and then they also built the site for me. So that was a second big piece of deciding, you know, how to develop the site, whether we would try to use like Squarespace or something that was a little bit more like plug and play or whether we would design it as a custom site. And that was actually to your point of deciding like what to spend money on and it not wanting to look like a hobby. When I took a step back, I thought, well, at the end of the day, my website is my product. It's not that I I want to design a website to sell something else. It's the user experience of the website that is what I want to offer to parents. And once I really thought about it that way, it seemed obvious that getting professional help to build that website was necessary to make it what I wanted it to be. But the other things I've, I'm trying really hard to outsource things that I don't have to do myself. And I find that to be extremely challenging, but I'm really starting to try to do that. So I have hired a virtual assistant to help me primarily with the research. I have a workflow in place that I use to try to identify which hotels to recommend to parents. Some of the recommendations come from our own either personal or in furtherance of mango tree travel, which we're doing a lot of these days. But some also comes from the research to figure out. Uh, I have, you know, 10 or 12 trusted sources that I go to when I start doing a hotel search for my own travels. And I've, I've tried to help have my virtual assistant help me do that process and teach somebody else how to help me with that process. So I don't have to do it all myself. Plus the inputting of the data into the website uh, and all of the social media, Canva, like all of that sort of imagery building. So I'm trying to start to outsource more of that so that I'm not doing it all myself. Yeah, it's so hard to know when to outsource, what to outsource. Mm-hmm. Um, it's And especially when you're running a business entirely on your own, it's like, who do you ask? <laughs> you can't just yeah. turn to your boss and say, is it a good time to Poor make husband. this decision? <laughs> you have to hear a lot about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're there for though. But. Exactly, exactly. You know, he gave me a book. I was, I want to, I'll have to pull up the name of it while we're talking because I um I can't remember, but I'll give you the name of it also that for Christmas when I was really going through all this process that talked about how to to run a business. And, you know, any of these books, like you don't want to take anything as gospel, right? It's uh, like little tidbits that from some books that make sense for you and some that won't. But the thing that stood out to me about this book was it talked about going to work on your business instead of in your business. And before you start to outsource a specific role, you have to know how to do that role the best. Because if you start to outsource before you know how to do the job mostly yourself, you won't really know if the person's doing a good job. And also if that person then quits, you're like totally then you're floundering to try to figure out how to replace someone who's become indispensable and that taking the time to figure out how to do something so that you can actually memorialize the process that everything that you're then assigning to somebody else should be in a memorialized process that somebody can follow, that that's when you know it's time to outsource is when you can do it that way. That stood out to me, whether it's right or not, I don't know, but I am trying not to outsource anything until I can explain like here's the process to use to do it which means I have to figure that out first 
I think that sounds like really good advice because yeah. it's so important to be tuned in to your business, especially I think in the early days. I mean, as the business grows, it can kind of exist more without your involvement, but especially at the start, you need to know the basics of how your business runs and the processes and what works and what doesn't. So you can adjust it and improve it as you're, as you're going. Exactly. Oh, it's called the book I read is called the E-Myth Revisited. It says why most small businesses don't work and what to do about it. Interesting. And yeah. And uh, I think that was the lesson of that book that stood out most to me was that phrase actually goes through my head a lot of working on your business, not in your business. I, at heart, I think am a worker bee and it's hard for me not to, sometimes I have to like pull myself away from the blog post that I'm writing to think about the fact that I would be better spending my time more creatively thinking about brands I could partner with and not just sitting and doing the sort of technical work that's involved in researching hotels. I could sit around and research hotels all day long, but then no one would ever see them. And I thought that book gave some very good advice about making sure you're thinking about how to put on all of the different hats in your business and not sort of focusing just on one. Yeah, I love that. And I was going to actually ask you if you had any other books or courses or just learning material that you found helpful, because one of the things that I've been so impressed with, not just your website and branding, is your newsletter and your like list building strategy, which is another thing I want to talk about. But do I have a strategy? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely seems like you do. I mean, you've already got, I saw in your last email, over a hundred people signed up in the last week and you've just launched yesterday. The last week was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The last week has been very, very cool of seeing people, um, come through. Uh, that's been really fun. Uh, sorry. Anyway, sorry. I forgot what your actual question was. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, it is very cool. It's, it's amazing. And I can't wait to hear more about the list building. But first, if you have any resources that you've used to help with these early days of your business. So, so that book that my husband gave me for Christmas, the Emith book was a really useful book. I have also gotten on Udemy. I don't know if you've ever taken a Udemy course. They're super affordable, very specific courses about different things. And I can't say I haven't wasted my time on a few of them. I certainly have. But I I didn't know what I didn't know. So I took a Pinterest course, I think, on Udemy over Christmas when I had some downtime just to make sure I understood sort of how Pinterest works for bloggers. I also right now am part of a travel blogging course called uh, Jessie on a Journey is a woman who has a solo travel blog and she offers a great um, travel blogging course called Travel Blogger Prosperity. And I, although Mango Tree is not uniquely a travel blog, there is a blog component to it. And I think that I quickly learned that having a blog is a great way to get people to your website. And so I thought, well, if a blog is how to get people to my website, I should study blogging as though that's going to be my job. And so so that's been a little bit of what I've been trying to do is think about, well, who would have the best resource for this one part of my business? Well, for the blog, it's going to be people who are travel blogging full time. And so learning from those resources, I, I think it's been really helpful also. Yeah, I think that's a good approach to focus on experts in each particular niche rather than try and find someone who's the right. you know big umbrella teacher for everything related to travel planning and travel websites. That's interesting that how you say of the importance of the blog in 
attracting customers, building your brand as a travel planner. I had Madeline Jawar on here a few months ago. She's uh, the travel planner behind Italy Beyond the Obvious, and she's been incredibly successful. And she attributes all of her or almost all of her success and you know the traffic that comes to her website to her travel blog and just talks yeah. about the importance of creating good content, content that's rich in SEO that has a lot of value and how that will lead to new customers finding your website and, and booking through you. I think that's a great point and it's a strategy that I'm trying to implement. So once I decided to work with the, my designer to brand and build the website, I knew that was going to be a many month process. So the first thing we did was we got up just sort of like a rough and tumble blog that was up for about six months so that I could just start learning and writing and getting it out there and start to build some SEO and some credibility for my site and slowly work towards launch. And I think that's really helped. I mean, I still have a pretty low domain authority when it comes to people finding my site. But having just launched yesterday, I think that work we've done for the last six months on the blog will be really helpful down the road. Absolutely. And now I want to talk about the topic I've been most excited to talk to you about (laughs) is your newsletter. I know you you kind of brushed it off like it's not a strategy. But I'm just, I'm honestly just so impressed, not just with how many people you've already had sign up to your newsletter, but how you implement it before you even launched your website and also the content that you've had on your newsletter, because I've been receiving your emails, obviously, and they're just fantastic. So if you could talk me through that a little bit, I'd I'd love to hear more. First, great to hear. Uh, (laughs) That's some of the first feedback I've gotten from my newsletter, because I think it sort of like goes out to the ether and you have friends (laughs) that respond and say you're doing well. I've had a couple of people respond to one email that I send that sort of describes what we're trying to do to say like, thank you. Awesome. What a great idea, which makes me feel like I'm we're headed in the right direction here. But I use Flowdesk for my emails, uh, which I love. It's very intuitive. And that came at the recommendation of our designer who likes it as well. And it makes it really easy to create visually appealing newsletters. And I would say for the content, really, actually, that came from the the ideas for that came from the travel blogging course that I took. They gave uh, some great suggestions for setting up newsletters in a way that would help your audience understand sort of what you're trying to accomplish with your company, help to engage them, provide helpful content. I'd say that's one of the best lessons I've really learned so far is that across the board, the suggestion is don't just send information out there for the sake of having your email appear in people's inbox. If people aren't getting something that they actually want to read from you, they're going to unsubscribe or they're going to delete your emails and not look at them. And so I try very carefully to only write an email if I have something to say. So I'm glad that you, uh, <laughs> that you've liked the content in them so far because I'm pretty deliberate about what goes in those newsletters. Yeah, I think they're fantastic. And I especially loved your initial email where you just explained a little bit more about the business, about yourself. And I found it especially useful since the website wasn't entirely live yet. It really gave me an idea of you know what the business was all about. So I just love that as an introduction to the brand. I thought it was really clever. And, and, I, and I thank you. And I thought what I wanted to do there also, and again, this came at 
on some very good advice too, is to make sure I'm building a a newsletter list of people who actually want to hear what I have to say or what we're offering. And by, I think, laying that out there up front, you give people the chance to say, I don't really want to be here for this. And that may be more relevant to companies who entice you to opt to subscribe to their newsletter list to give away, you know, a freebie or um, to get something. Right now, our newsletter list, you just sign up if you want to. And so we're probably self-selecting a little bit more. But especially there, I, I just think it's helpful for people to be able to to know right from the bat, right off the bat, what they're gonna get. So do you have a sequence? set up so that everyone, once they sign up, they get that first email and then maybe a few others after that? I have a three email sequence set up. So it's the first email, the welcome email. There's an email in there that I can't remember if it's the second or the third, but that really goes to the heart of like how I view travel planning. Oh no, it's, it's telling you what the company is about. And then there's the origin story. There's an email that talks about sort of this day that we had this idea um, and what we were really setting out to do. And then the third one is some tips really about how to maximize fun for parents while traveling with kids. A good friend of mine used the term adult-friendly family vacation to describe Mango Tree and what we're going for, which I really loved. Uh, And I, I and many of the people who have helped influence and helped me build this company really believe that travel traveling with kids doesn't have to only be stressful. There's all these like memes out there that talk about how like you take trips with kids, not vacations, and that uh, it's really just childcare somewhere else. And there's some truth to that. But I really believe that if you plan it the right way, you can at least maximize your chances of having a lot of fun on vacation with your kids as an adult, which includes, you know, getting babysitters and getting time away. So I have an email in my welcome sequence about that, which I'm sure as you can tell, because I'm rambling now is like a really important topic to me. And so I wanted to make sure to include that one as well. So yeah, I think there's like three or five emails uh, in there right now. Yeah, I think that's great. And it, it like, yeah, it really gives you a sense of what you're all about. And yeah, just a little bit of background personalization of the brand. I loved your idea to when you went to your website before it was officially launched that you had to sign up for your newsletter or into your email to get early limited access yep. to the website. Is that how you got a lot of early subscribers yes. to your list? Yeah. And I, I love that idea. Um, partly because again, it, I knew it would be people who really wanted to see what was going on. And it also, it wasn't quite ready yet. Like some of the hotel, if you really dug deep into the website during those last couple of weeks before yesterday, you know, you would have gotten to a hotel profile that was missing some parts at the end. And we were still fixing, you know, typos and search filters. And I was able to get some good feedback from people if they noticed uh, that something wasn't loading right. But I wanted that to be a limited set of people that were really interested in seeing what we had to offer. So I thought it worked really well to get a good collection of people to celebrate with us yesterday and help spread the news and to let me know if there were things I needed to fix. Yeah. That's a win-win all around. Absolutely. I had one, uh, my designer said she, she shared the post during the soft launch period. And one of her friends reached out to her and said, do I like really need to sign up for the newsletter to see this website. And then a minute later, it was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I want to learn about all these hotels. The minute they're available, of course, I'm going to sign up for the newsletter. That was really like 
That was really wonderful feedback to receive. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, you don't want to be viewed as like a, another spam account in yes. your inbox. And I think like I'm very particular about where I submit my email address because I do have, I'm subscribed to so many email or, or mm-hmm. accounts. I don't even know how I've been subscribed to them. It's just been years of getting these, these spam emails, but there are, you know, a handful or, you know, a dozen newsletters or things that I'm subscribed to that I genuinely enjoy reading and look forward to when they come into my inbox. So I think that's the challenge is being able to stand out from the crowd and provide that value and not just be another annoying email in your inbox. Yeah. And I think it is really challenging. And some of it is, like you said, personalization. I I remember over the course of this learning period, I've signed up for a lot of different newsletters, sort of to see how other people are doing it. And I, I kind of don't even remember signing up for this one. It's called Tonic. And I think it's another web design company, but I got the the woman who writes their newsletter, the first email, and I immediately was like, I really want to read this. And I thought that was very notable to get an email in the midst of all the noise that I wanted to stop and sit down and read. I thought she had a great newsletter. I don't even need the services really that her site offers, but I still want to keep reading the newsletter. I'm actually subscribed to that same newsletter. It's Tonic Site Shop. Yes, it's a, that's they, what it is. Yeah, yeah. they have a beautiful website and they oh, write okay. great emails. Yeah. <laughs> she writes Highly amazing emails. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's looking for inspiration for how to improve or start an email list and you're know, looking for content, I think Tonic Site Shop and your and your oh, own are you. a great ones to, <laughs> to go to to read to get a good example of how it's done well. So yeah. But I'm about to sort of come across, I think, a new hurdle of, okay, now the website's launched. So like, what's our content going to be going forward? And I think there is this dividing line between the lead up to building this new thing you wanted to build. And now, okay, well, what I want people to kind of have, be able to expect a little bit what they're going to get from us and how often it's going to be. Is it going to be once a week or only once a month when we launch new hotels? And I'll admit to you, like, I haven't totally landed on the right answer to that yet. Yeah, that's actually a great transition to the next yeah. thing I'd like to talk about is just how you're feeling at this stage because you have crossed a line into a new phase of your business. You're live now. What is your focus and what is your marketing strategy? How are you going to continue to try and get people to your website and, and booking through you? In terms of how I'm feeling, I have to say I feel like a huge amount of relief. I really enjoyed the first few months of learning everything about how I was going to build this business. I really enjoyed the branding process and the web design. I think I have least enjoyed the sort of month lead up to launch of trying to figure out how to get all of the last details arranged and how to promote it and how to market it and uh, making sure it was ready. And in that moment, you're very focused on just one aspect of the business. You know, I stopped writing blog posts for, um, temporarily. There's all these other things that I want to do to make it an overall successful and cohesive business. And during the launch period, you don't really have space for that. So I feel really excited to get back to a place where we can start to research more hotels, add more hotels, add more blog posts, come up with really helpful travel tips for parents. So I'm really looking forward now to that. I think the next thing for me is 
going back to SEO. Like I learned some about it when we first started, but trying to get more blog posts out there to get people to the site through organic search, I think is going to be the next sort of big strategy. I'm sort of like up and running on social media now and I'll sort of keep that up, but I'd like to really focus, I think, on on organic search because I think that is how people plan trips. You start to get an idea in your mind for where you want to go and you start searching on Google for hotels and advice for family travelers. And that is where I'd like to really have people starting to find the website. Absolutely. It seems like everyone that I've spoken to has spoken about how effective SEO and just content marketing is for this particular uh, niche in the industry. So it, it mm-hmm. definitely seems like the way forward. In terms of building your social media up and getting that going, what have you focused on and what has worked well for you there? I got to tell you, it's a black box. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea. I, I, have, I get really frustrated with the social media process but I have, again, having a great, great people in your corner. Uh, my brother is a musician and he and his, his partner, Annie, have been building their following on social media for the last five years. And in the music industry, that is sort of like the way you build credibility. And so he has been playing around with all of the different social media websites. And so he gave me some great advice, some of which was, again, just to do it and not worry so much about being perfect. And it really reinforced for me, we were on a trip with them and they encouraged me to post a reel. And it was a reel about somewhere that we were in that moment. And I I did it wrong. And the music, if you find it on my Instagram, the music on the reel cuts out like halfway through the video. It's terrible. And it got the most likes of anything I had put up <laughs> on Instagram. I'm like, and, and that's when you sort of think, okay, this is really <laughs> like kind of a bit of a crapshoot in terms of what works and what doesn't. So I think I'm still playing around a lot with that and still getting a lot of feedback of like what I think people want to hear, which is helpful, informative content about places to go and things to do with their kids when they're traveling and what seems to attract more followers or people, which is, you know, using the trending sounds and, and following the different algorithm sort of trends that these social media platforms want to focus on, which I think is a delicate balance. Yeah, it's such a hard beast to navigate. It's, yeah. <laughs> it really is a black box. And I wish I loved it more, but <laughs> uh, I just don't seem to enjoy it that much. But it, 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 yeah. those who do enjoy it and who are, you know, succeed with it can have so much success with it. There's exactly. so much value. But yeah, I think in terms of marketing strategies to focus on, my tendency would probably be more towards yeah. content marketing. But again, you you just have to be on these platforms, yep. even if you don't want yep. to be. And one thing I think is really challenging for many of us is figuring out where you want to be and who you want to be on these platforms. So when I didn't have the site live yet, and my sort of frame of reference for who my peers are that are succeeding was more travel bloggers who are succeeding really on like the SEO front and influencers who really have sort of doubled down on the Instagram um, or social media platforms. And those two groups of people are doing things very differently. And I'm somewhere over here that's maybe a little bit of both of those, but I'm also more of a 
more like of a company than a personality. So I don't want my social media to just be about me and my kids because that's not what Mango Tree is. And so trying to figure out how you can use some of the tools that a successful influencer might use, some of the tools that a successful travel blogger might use, but also be true to the identity of the company and brand you're trying to create. I have found that to be sort of an interesting game of sorts. It's so tough. It's such a challenge. But I really wish you the best in all of this. Thank you, Lee, for a fantastic conversation. I've loved learning more about your business. I'm so excited to just follow your journey and see see where you go because it's thank you you've, you've got a great foundation at this stage so it's really exciting to think of what's possible in the future thank you thanks for doing this interview with me uh right on around the launch it's been really fun to talk to you about it I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I'm a little all over the place <laughs> no I loved it. I really was excited about the idea of talking to someone who is at this super early stage of the business because I've gotten quite a few questions from people who say you know, what are you, what would you recommend at that stage? Like what, what do you focus on? And I thought it would be good to have someone who is literally in the trenches yeah. now and just talk about their experience and, and what's kind of working so far, what, what they've done. Cause it's so nice to, to hear, hear it in real time. Yeah. And, and it's exciting. And I, I don't know. My one piece of advice, I think, to people who are about to enter this similar phase would be to accept the fact that you're going to waste your time on things that aren't going to be what works. That's just part of learning what does work is that I've found myself getting really frustrated with myself when I spend an hour on the Instagram reel or I spend an hour designing a towel for the launch party because I wanted to design a towel for the launch party when maybe there are better uses of my time, but it's all a learning process, right? It is. And that's such an important point to to remember. Um, and a great point to end on. I mean, again, thank you so much. If anyone wants to check out your website or maybe follow you on social media, where are the best yep. places to do that? Uh, so the website is uh, mangotreetravel.com. And on Instagram, we're also at mangotreetravel. And I think Facebook is mangotreefamilytravel. It's like a little bit of a variation there. But if you take a search anywhere for mangotreefamilytravel, you should be able to find us. Perfect. Well, again, Lee, thank you very much and best of luck in the future. Looking forward to following along. 